0: And welcome into the Bruins Beat, presented by CLNS Media and our good friends over at FanDuel and HelloFresh. My name is Evan Marinofsky, and today it's just me. Just me and you. I think this happened like a month or two ago, where I did a solo show. Um, it's always fun to just kind of talk, just you and me. It's a Saturday uh, morning, kind of slash afternoon that I'm recording this. I apologize for this coming out after Thursday or Friday, Busy week, Bruins weren't playing, so I was like, I'll bang one out when I have a chance, and I have a chance right now, so I'm banging one out. Uh, Bruins didn't play this week. Obviously, they are up at the All-Star game. Again, It does not, the game itself has not taken place. Uh, I don't really care about the All-Star game. I don't, I never have. Uh, I mean, when I was little, I did, you know, when Chara was, uh, when Zdeno Chara was winning all the Slapshot competitions, that was very cool. I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember, like, uh, back in the early 2010s, you could put a signature on your texts. So I had like, I had a Samsung intensity and it was one of those like slide phones. It wasn't a flip phone. It was a slide phone. And you could put like a, what was it? Like a signature on the text. And I think it was reserved to put your name, but my friends and I would put like different things there. And mine was like Doc Emrick's call of Chara's <laughs> winning slapshot, like 107.9. It's the record. Like that was my signature on my text. I should probably go back and do that now on my iPhone, if that's even a, a still a, a feature, but uh, definitely was something I was into at that age. Not quite something I'm into now. Um, but anyways, uh, for those who are into it, that's great. But we're not really going to talk about the All-Star game on this episode. Um, I want to talk trade deadline. I know we've been doing that a lot this week. It's been a break uh, for the Bruins. So it's kind of a good week to do a little primer for the the trade deadline. But some stuff happened this week that I want to touch on. I want to give some thoughts on. I'm curious to hear what your opinions are. Make sure to comment on the on the video on YouTube. Shoot me a tweet uh, because I am curious to see what you guys think of this or some of these things and how the Bruins factor into to these to to this stuff. So um, Elias Lindholm was finally traded, <laughs> finally dealt uh, to Vancouver for Andre Kuzamenko, a 2024 first round pick, a conditional fourth round pick in 2024, a top prospect Hunter uh, Brustovic, if I'm saying that right. I don't think I am, but if you know, you get the point point. and uh, defenseman Yanni Yermo. And uh, from what I'm reading again, I don't know Brustovic that well. He's the, you know, a big top or was a top prospect uh for Vancouver. So that's a big piece to give up. So uh Kuzumenko, you know, promising young player who's having a down year this year, a 2024 20, first, a top prospect, a fourth, and a mid to you know a mid to low prospect who I from what I've read is kind of a project player. Uh that's a lot to give up for Lindholm who Vancouver has not signed to a long-term extension. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned that the Bruins are a team that should be in play for Lindholm in the offseason if he's not signed long-term, which doesn't surprise me because as we've talked about numerous times, Lindholm would fit on this team. The problem here was with a deal was never that it wouldn't be a fit. He would be a fit. Again, if you had Lindholm, you could put him down the middle. You can move Zaka to the wing. Um, If you really wanted to go crazy, you could do a three-headed monster down the middle. You could put Lindholm on the wing. That's where he was. That's where he's been throughout his career here and there. Um, The problem was always the price. And this confirms it. Uh, And so we'll get to what the Bruins probably would have had to give up. Um, But again, another center trade this week. Sean Monaghan goes from Montreal to Winnipeg for a 2024 first rounder and a conditional 2027 third rounder. A first round pick for Sean Monahan. A first. Oh, my God. So that shocked me a lot, obviously. I get the big haul for Lindholm um, because he is who he is. Probably the top fish at this deadline. And Vancouver wants to go all in. They're surprisingly good. They want to capitalize on it. So I get that. Um, but Sean Monahan for a first scares me. And I want to touch on that. I want to touch on Monahan in a second, uh, but I want to go back to Lindholm real quick and what that would have, what a, a package might have looked like for the Bruins. Um, If I'm just going off of what, what Calgary got from Vancouver, a Bruins haul would have probably looked something like DeBrusque or Frederick, Lowry, Patra or Lysel, the 2025 first, and another mid-round pick. Now, uh, I know I've talked about this on Bruins beat and poke the bear. So I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, That's a lot to give up for a player who very well could be on the open market in the offseason and that you don't need badly. Um, Hoyle and Zaka have been great down the middle this year. The issue with this team is not center. It's not. It's depth. Uh, and it's not, depth isn't really even an issue. It's more something you want to address at the deadline. And these prices enhance that. These prices that these guys are going for, I know it's, you know, we're over a month away from the deadline, but the fact that they're going for this, that's setting the market. It's like economy 101, you know, like it's, it, 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 these are tone setting moves for the market. Um, but again, Lindholm, you know, do you want, like, A lot of people I know want to trade DeBrusque and get something for him. And I get that. I think you might be past the point of no return unless you're packaging DeBrusque for an upgrade in the lineup. Then maybe that makes sense. Frederick's been performed great this year. Frederick has been outstanding. There's promise there now. As Connor's mentioned a bunch of times, he's a line driver. So I don't know if you really want to give up on him yet. Do you want to trade Lorai or Patra? Not really. I don't. You finally develop a good young centerman who looks like he's a top six staple for years to come, and you deal him. I don't know about that. Um, and then low, uh, you know, with Lowry, a top four, you know, defenseman who has a lot of offensive upside, a little bit raw, but again, six four, good stick, great puck mover. Like, do you really want to give up on that guy for an asset that you ha- like? Is Lindholm that much of an upgrade over Coyle and Zaka? Not really, especially not with his numbers this year. And the way Coyle and, Zaka, Coyle and Zaka have been performing. So I, I was never in a big rush to deal for Lindholm this year. I know a lot of you weren't either. The Bruins clearly weren't. Um, and then you don't want to give up another first. Why would you want to give up another first round pick? Along with those assets, along with DeBrusque or Frederick and Lorai or Patra and Lysel. Why would you want to do that now? Again, the Bruins need to make picks. I said this. I think it was on Bruins Beat or Poke the Bear. It was on one of the podcasts. You should listen to both. Uh, it was on one of those shows. They need you. Need to make your first round picks. You need to also potentially find a way to get back in the 2024 first round. Uh, first round this year. You need to find a way to do that because, to me, if you want to find your true number one center of the future, your you know your next. Patrice Bergeron, even though Coyle seems to be be filling those shoes quite well, it's going to probably be through the draft. Probably what it's going to be. Now, the Bruins could sign Lindholm this offseason if he doesn't sign long term in Vancouver. They could do that. Um, and he could fit like a glove here, like we expect. And his numbers could skyrocket and he could thrive. You could put him between Martian and Pasternak or, uh, you know, uh, Pasternak and Zaka or. You, know, you can pick your wings, right? You could put him there and he could be phenomenal and give you almost a hundred points. I could see it, but it's not a guarantee. <laughs> it's not a, I mean, nothing's a guarantee, but that's definitely not a guarantee. So you could sign him in the off season, um, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be you know, leaps and bounds better than what Coyle and Zaka are giving you. And I'm not saying not to sign him in the off season. I don't think that's a bad idea. You have the cap space. Um, and I think it opens things up for you to sign a guy like Lindholm. But uh, to trade now, I just don't think it's that uh, pertinent. It's not as pertinent an issue. So happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch I'm sorry. I'm getting in the middle seat, grabbing your favorite football snacks, whether it be some chicken wings, some Buffalo chicken dip, chips and salsa. I mean, you can really go crazy eating whatever you would like at the Super Bowl. And then finally, and this is my favorite, it's placing some super bets. And when it comes to Super Bowl, FanDuel's got pretty much anything you could want to bet on. For me, I'm not a 49ers fan. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm a Pats fan, so I don't have an inherent... Love for either team. Neither team is particularly my favorite, so to keep myself interested in the game, betting makes it really, really fun. You want to bet on Patrick Mahomes' passing yards or Brock Purdy's passing yards? Uh, George Kittle's been hot lately, so is Travis Kelsey? Is Travis Kelsey gonna get more than you know one touchdown with Taylor Swift in attendance potentially? I don't know. That's what makes it fun, and that's what makes. FanDuel so fun there are so many things to bet on and you can also do a parlay so you can win even more money it's just awesome and again FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three again not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored and so much more as I mentioned my again I'm a parlay guy I like to put together the anytime touchdowns. That's a big one for me because that it just feels like I, I can win those uh, better. Sometimes I'm good at them, so I like those. Uh, new customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com Boston to sign up. That's fanduel.com Boston. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL in Massachusetts, 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real m- money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1 800 GAM 1234. Now, Back to Bruinsby. Um, again, I, and you know, I I just I, I don't want to give up the first. I don't, I don't want to do it. I've said that a number of times, but I really don't. And um, you know, again, if the price was smaller, you know, if it was like Debrusque and that covered it with, you know, a lower end prospect and a maybe a lower end draft pick, then you could make the case. But for what for what Lindholm ended up going for? Kuzmenko. A 2024 first and conditional fourth. I mean, I'm going to, you know, the the Brustovich, the the player or the prospect, excuse me. To me, I just, I have no desire in doing that. Um, So good for the Bruins for staying out of that. Um, You don't need them. You just don't need Lindholm right now. And uh, you know, then you go on to the Monahan trade with Winnipeg 2024 first. Like that's crazy. So, to me, you look at who made those deals, right? Vancouver wants to go all in. They're putting all the chips in the middle of the table. They're going for, they went for Lindholm. They traded a lot for him. Winnipeg wants to kind of battle, you know, wants to compete with that. They're kind of in an arms race. Those are probably the two top teams in the West right now. And they go out and get Sean Monaghan, who's been, an, who's been okay in Montreal. I think he has something like 52 points in 74 games or something in his two years in Montreal. Um, not a true number one center, I don't think. I mean, he's, he's fine. To me, those are two moves made by two desperate organizations. It is. Vancouver's never won a cup. They have not been good in a long time, and they are finally good. They were not supposed to be this good this year. They have a pretty solid young core of players. But again, to be the best, to be, you know, uh, tied for the best team in the NHL, or right there at least, I don't have the standings in front of me, and if I do, it'll mess up the Wi-Fi, so I don't want to do that. But to to make a deal like that is desperate. Um, Winnipeg, going from Sean Monahan as kind of a response to the Lindholm trade, is desperate. You don't want to be a desperate team at the trade deadline. You don't. You don't want to be desperate. I was reading Kevin Paul DuPont's Sunday Notes, uh, and it came out on Saturday, but it doesn't matter. It's still Sunday Notes. And he was mentioning how when the Bruins won the Cup in 2011, it was not... They did not win the cup because they made these huge moves at the deadline. They won the cup or they made moves that helped them win the cup for depth pieces, for Tomas Cabriolet, for Rich Peverly, for Chris Kelly. They were not highly big fit, you know, sought after big fish uh, guys that are going to change the culture and everything. They enhanced it. They were good add-on pieces. They were depth. That's what the Bruins need. You don't need to go for the big fish every single year. You don't have to do that. You shouldn't do that. You have enough with this group. You just need depth. And this, this market, what's turning in what you know, what's turning into is giving up firsts for low-end players like Sean Monahan. You don't want to be one of those teams that's, all right, we'll give up a first for a guy that's going to be on our third or fourth line. Uh, we'll give up a first for a third pairing defenseman, but he's big, but he's big. You don't want to be that team. There's no reason to be that team. You're the Boston Bruins. You're not desperate. You've had a lot of success. Now, they do need to have some playoff success, and there are real expectations, as we've talked about. They've moved out of the, oh, it's fun they're this good, but they'll probably be out in the first round. No, they should be going deep. The East is wide open, wide open, and the Bruins are the best team in the East right now. They should 100% be making a long run, but they're not going to make a long run because they go out and sign Jake Gensel, or trade for Jake Kensel, excuse me. They're going to make a run because they make they make smart ads for depth. That's where they're going to make their run. Um, so I'm happy that the Bruins, I mean, I don't think they were ever going to get Sean Monahan. There's no reason to. I don't think Montreal is just going to give you him. And I don't think you want him. Uh, but for a first, and then obviously the Lindholm deal, I, again, they're desperate moves by desperate organizations. Winnipeg also did not expect to be this good this season. And they're this good. <laughs> and they have the core. I get what they're trying to do. They want to bring a Stanley Cup to Winnipeg. Vancouver wants to bring a Stanley Cup to Vancouver. I get it. But those are desperate moves. So again, I, the Bruins, no reason to do that. Um, and I'm I'm glad that they didn't. Because it, again, it goes back to what I just said. Desperate. Um, depth. I think that's the key thing at this deadline. Uh, in terms of some names. I think, you know, Adam Henrique was someone that Pete Blackburn had mentioned on Bruins beat last week. Uh, I think he would fit well. Seeing what Sean Monahan got, I don't know if they're full, fully comparable players, but I think with Monaghan and Lindholm off the board, a team might give up a first for Adam Henrique. <laughs> it shouldn't be the Bruins. So Hen- Henrique might be out of their price range at this point because of those Monahan and Lindholm deals. Um Cause you don't want to be giving up that 2025 first. You would rather not give up a top prospect like DeBrusque for Henrique is a bad idea. That goes back to kind of like a Zaka Hala trade where like, all right, you know what you're getting with Henrique, but DeBrusque has, or, you know, but Zaka has a way higher ceiling. That would be this case. I don't think d- the ducks would be interested in going out and getting a DeBrusque. Again, I'm just kind of throwing that out there, but so Henrique's probably out of the picture in that sense. Um, unless, I'm totally wrong about what he's what he would receive, but I just think there are a lot of teams that would want a middle six center and he fits that bill perfectly veteran player could come in, you know, have an effect on the room, all that stuff. So I think a team will overpay for Henrique. You don't want to be the team that overpays. Um, But so so for some names that I don't think would take a first or a high end prospect that you could kind of get on the cheaper Colin Blackwell with the Blackhawks, you know, local kid. Um, guy who can fill a depth role in your bottom six can pitch in scoring every now and again. Like I'm fine with that. Pat Maroon with the wild. He's kind of what you need. Big bruiser for that fourth line can help you in a playoff series can come in, make some tone setting plays, not going to produce a ton offensively, but he does know how to win cups. He's done that a lot. Um, so again, I I would not hate that. It wouldn't take a lot to get him. I don't think, um, Liam O'Brien's one that Connor Ryan has been mentioned mentioning a ton and I've liked. Big physical bruiser from Arizona. That's another kind of Pat Maroon type. Um, very Boston name. Liam O'Brien. I mean, come on. That jer- that jersey would be uh, being worn all over Southie like it was going out of style. You know that. Um, and then on defense, Justin Schultz with Seattle and Marco Scandella. Now, Schultz might command a little bit more than Scandella. Scandella has kind of a contract that you might not want to pick up. Um, but both are depth options that... Might not require a ton or as much as Monahan or Lindholm got. Um, But those are just some names of depth guys that could potentially come in and step into the third pair on D or fill a spot on the third line or the fourth line. So again, I I just, I I would rather that. And some might say, wow, Evan, you're being too conservative here. You know, you're, you you sound like Bloom with the Red Sox. And what I would say to that is not really. They went all in last year and they were right to do so. And it didn't work. And I'm not saying don't ever go all in again, but let's face it. Like with it, you want to see what you have with this roster. You got the goaltending. You have the names on defense. You have the big names, Lindholm and McAvoy and Carlo. You've got those guys up front. Guys like Coyle and Zaka have stepped up. Posternak is on, you know, on an MVP uh, pace. marshan has been great. Frederick has overperformed. Dabruska seems to be finding his game. Um, I'm definitely forgetting some people, but my point is you have the guys in place. You just need some support. You need a little bit more support, um, for injuries, for inconsistencies. Um, you know, guys like Heinen have performed great in, in supplementary roles and things like that, but you want to get another one of those guys. So I, I just, I want to hold on to the assets and you think about coming into this year. It was more of a bridge year. Looked at, and again, as I've said, they've over they've overperformed that. They're now a legit Stanley Cup contender. Credit to them, but I still don't think that drastically changes your deadline plans. Um, and you know, if you can get someone and lock them up long term, and you're giving up a lot for them, maybe that makes sense. But I'd rather stick with depth. Depth helps a lot, and finding the right guys that are uh, complementary pieces to your core, I think, is more uh, the move at this deadline. So uh, those are my thoughts on the deadline and kind of what's happened this week. Uh, I don't have any other pressing Bruins thoughts. I want to save, you know, second half previews for next week's content, you know, um, next episode with Connor and uh, poke the bear. I want to save that, but I just want to come on here and give a couple thoughts, get some things off my chest. Uh, from the Monaghan and Lindholm deals. a short and sweet episode. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, Lots more of these to come as the season goes along. Um, Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of these deals, what you think the Bruins should do. Uh, And that should just about do it. Again, uh, thank you to our sponsors, HelloFresh and FanDuel as always. FanDuel always makes the games more fun and HelloFresh uh, makes something that you can have that's very tasty as you're watching the games. So... Uh, much thanks to them. Thanks to you, as always, for your support throughout this season. Again, couldn't do it without you guys uh, watching these, listening to these, giving your thoughts, good or bad. I appreciate it all. I can never thank you guys enough for all the support that you give us and for what we do. Um, and that is this week's That's what the, uh, the uh, this week's Bruins Beat. I'm Evan Maronofsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week.